Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Twitter's been fun. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's go it's it's going as well as we could have hoped. <laughs> you know, I think I think Web3 is going great could have a have a run for the money with Twitter's going great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Molly, well we're going to talk about Molly in a little bit too. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, first, uh, Mark asks us, are you guys on Mastodon yet? <laughs> yeah, he's over he's over on he's Overheard a, Social. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, me? No. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I've been on Mastodon for years. I'm at jpdef at mastodon.social. So if you want to follow me, go ahead. I don't post anything. I I find it incomprehensible how it works because I just it's, uh, yeah, there there are issues to the idea that Mastodon is going to take over. Uh, I I don't see it getting critical mass. They a couple of people asked on Discord too, and then kind of my comment was like, why? Um, for me personally, like I I don't care. Like less social media is fine with me. And for like for us doing it for grumpy old geeks, unless it gets critical Hello. mass, I mean we're better off uh -oh. with Discord. Discord works fine. Discord's so. fine. We yeah. have our own Twitter over at Discord. Come come yeah. join us. Yeah. Come join us there if you want to talk to us. It's good. Yeah. No. I did put a link in here uh, in the show notes for a how-to guide for joining Mastodon called Come Join Me on Mastodon, folks, by Clive Thompson. Mm -hmm. um, if you're interested in checking it out. I mean, here's the deal. Just stay off social media for a while. <laughs> I'll tell you about that in a second. But, uh, yeah, we got a couple more uh, bits of feedback here. Yep, Dan wrote in and said, Jason, try clipboard sharing from iOS to your Mac. Having only five seconds to enter a 2FA code stopped sucking when I got to start uh, work from home on my Apple devices. Thanks to that feature, when it works, that's always the key. Tap to copy yeah. on the phone, keyboard shortcut on the Mac to paste. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I never had much luck with that. Yeah. Never had much luck. It works sometimes. The problem also is I've got so many of my Macs in such close proximity Mm -hmm. That when I have that, you know, all of that universal crap turned on and uh, pass through with the phones and all that, mm -hmm. it gets to be too much. Like here in the studio, I have three computers running at any given time and they're in enough, they're, they're close enough that like, I can't even wear my AirPods in here because they keep jumping machines. It's just like, yeah, yeah. everything yeah. beeps, everything boops. But then yeah. Thomas has the answer. Mm -hmm. He says, yeah, he why says, don't you uh, use Jason, one yeah, <laughs> which I should. Yeah, me too. Yeah, one password has the two-factor uh, stuff built into it. I just mm -hmm. never read the manual on it, so I don't know how to use it. And I'm like, now that two-factor has become more of a, a nuisance in my daily life, maybe I'll look into that. Yeah, I've got to do it too because it's just a pain in the butt getting my phone out all the time. I just need it. I need it to be where I need it to be. Not mm -hmm. on my phone if I need it on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> and I have three different authenticator apps, and I can't remember yeah. which app or which, you know, which website I'm using on which app. It's like, come yeah. on. It's good times. <laughs> good times. Um, so I had a power outage here because you always mm -hmm. like to joke that, you know, L.A. is a third world country. Yes. Well, it got windy for five minutes and so a tree came down and I lost power for 14 hours. <laughs> and oh, wow. 14 hours. It was, Jesus. It was glorious. It Isn't was just it glorious. Yeah. 
we lit a fire, you know, because we got a big fireplace, had the fire going, had some candles going, and we had a conversation, and we played with the dogs, and it was awesome. Then I went to bed, and mm-hmm. since we went to bed at 5.30, because that's when the sun went down, what am I going to do? I'm just going to open up Instagram, and I'm going to doom scroll. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, the the nightmares I had, the the anxiety that I had after was just like... It was disgusting, and I'm just like, Instagram did this because there's no other there's no other reason why this should be happening. Because I was just fine, I was happy, we had a great night, and then I get on Instagram for an hour, and then I can't sleep, and I wake up in the morning going, "What am I doing with my life? Everybody's busy. I need to be busier." Well, so, or, or you know, Twitter doom scrolling with the elections, or uh, oh, or oh, that was ri- the best part. It was election COVID night, and yeah, <laughs> no, our power went out on election nights, and we're like, this is perfect. Yeah, we can't yeah. watch anything. We don't want to watch anything. <laughs> I, I will throw my deep thoughts by Jack Grumpy in here uh, because it kind of fits with the doom scrolling thing. And and I've also noticed like it's uh, my anxiety levels have been going through the roof for multiple reasons recently. But uh, so I did have a deep thought about this. I, I feel like COVID put us both collectively as a society and our family slash friends slash work units and us individually through a massive stress test. Right. Like there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Like we're trying to pretend like it was just this blip and no big deal. And, <laughs> and you know, we made it through and not all of us, mind you, a lot of yeah. people died from COVID. Uh, but yep. we're kind of just now dealing with the ramifications of being put under all that stress. And, and what we're seeing is we're not, we're not cold. that got turned into diamonds here. People we're fucked nope, up. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> we're all pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically it's the end of empathy. There's, mm-hmm. there's none left. There's no empathy left in the world. Yeah. We all kind of, pulled into ourselves and and we're not coming out of it very well it's uh no. noticed it it's it's noticeable that people yeah are, yeah you think <laughs> that you think those social skills would be coming back around now and it's gone the exact opposite way exactly yeah. the opposite so i agree yeah it's kind of a bummer anyways <laughs> on yeah. that uh, cheery note let's let's talk <laughs> about your pot your other podcast jason yeah, John Payne writes in, hey, just signed up for this podcast and noticed, noticed it seems to be stuck on November 3rd. I thought it was daily Monday through Friday. What's up? Well, right after, well, I, I mentioned this like two shows ago that I was going to be the voice of Category Pirates when we were talking mm-hmm. about all the shit that I was doing. Um, yeah, my roommate had a really good uh, bit of advice. She says, you're working yourself to death. Stop it and mm-hmm. follow the money. Yeah. <laughs> She's See like the paid gigs. Only do the only do the gigs you're getting paid for, because all right. So let's wrap up this show. Uh, nope, because <laughs> this is my rent and my car payment. So oh yeah, I'm we do get paid with a little it. bit for this. That's true. Yeah, I, I get we get paid enough to make it fun. So <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying to figure out if it's a possible thing because what I may end up doing since I have paid gigs now, um, which actually just I have enough paid gigs to keep the lights on in the studio in my house. That's it right now. Um, when the power but works. If, when the power works. It, I fortunately didn't lose it at the office, which unfortunately is where all the UPSs are because I took them from the home to the office because <laughs> I figured I'd need them here. Nope, power was fine here. The house is where I needed the UPSs. Um, but I think it might be one of those things where Somebody made it very clear to me that it's really hard to do a daily on a staff of one if it's not your full-time gig. Well, Jesus, you don't whole... remember that when we tried to do it? No, I totally <laughs> remembered it, but um, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it can be done. 
it can be done if that was the only thing that I had to do. But then, you know, buckets of things came in and I'm like, I'm just going to go with that. So yeah. right now, Boot Up is on hold. I still think it's a great show. Everybody thought it was a great show. The numbers were going up, just not very fast. So um, to the the massive 300 people that listened to that show, because that was it. <laughs> Hang tight. We'll see if something happens in the future. But uh, right now, don't hold your breath because um, I'm a category pirate, motherfucker. That's the way there it goes. Go. Arr. <laughs> in the news. I don't know really where to start because <laughs> it's coming so fast and furious because even right before we went to air I saw a thing come through that said Elon said that bankruptcy is not off the table for Twitter and I'm like well that escalated quickly well nothing's going um, very well like let, let's start with let's place a bet do you think Twitter will make it at all or do no. you think that this is going to be a flaming pile and Twitter will be gone with by 2023 2024 it'll it'll limp through the limp through one more year I think it's got enough juice in it. It's got enough, you know, inertia mm-hmm. to keep rolling through the piles of steaming shit that is Elon Musk right now and mm-hmm. his team. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's going to make it. I don't think nope. it is either. I actually I, don't like people are leaving in droves. Um, even, you know, it's, it's such a shit show. I've never seen anything play like play out like this in real time so badly i it, it's one of those things where it's it's almost just fun to watch because it's it doesn't it's seem a, like it's, it's the real. ultimate train wreck yeah it doesn't I, I can't seem believe like it's, it's happening <laughs> yeah you know yeah. we've I, joked I about it so long that it's and now that it's here it's just like oh well yeah that's that's not good <laughs> it's just it, 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 the, the the way he's going about things which is just unilaterally making a decision and then walking it back and then pivoting and doing it differently and then realizing that's not working. What? That's not how you run a company. <laughs> He's I, the decider, Brian. He's the decider. <laughs> I'm just, oh boy. Okay. Let's just get into the stories that we have. Okay. Well, right? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, this first one I found was over at uh, the information because I'm loving the information. It's called, it's difficult to resist Twitter surviving or surviving Twitter employees weigh a flood of offers from rivals. So it turns out that having Twitter on your resume and getting fired by Elon is actually a boon to these mm-hmm. people. And a lot of tech companies are slurping these people up hand over fist, which mm-hmm. is good. Good for them. Yeah. yeah I'm happy that you know? uh, they'll remain employed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the ones that don't get a job are pretty much one, the ones that probably should have been fired in the first place. So <laughs> we'll see what that what that ratio is, you know. Um, so the grassroots effects are going right now. Everybody's making their Google Sheets with all the people on like, uh, you know, I, I forget which company it was the last time that happened. And everybody had like there was this massive public spreadsheet. It's like, if you want to hire us, please, we're over here. You know, yep. I'm like, OK, whatever. Um, but this article is is. Just picture perfect for this one paragraph. Many employees are torn, this person said. They're being offered ample opportunities to leave, but they feel a duty to stay. We've got a lot of users who rely on us for a lot of things. Plus, there's another factor at play. The longer I draw a salary, the more money Elon Musk loses. I guess there's a little bit of spite there. Yeah, that was my like Twitter it. employee of the day. <laughs> A healthy work environment. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, the fact that the the only reason that your employees are there is because they want to bleed you dry is not yeah. a good way to start your, you know, second or third week on the job. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb shit. Oh boy. Now, after the big layoffs, Twitter realized that it had stepped on its own dick and they are bringing some of the people back and all that good stuff. So we know about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um the funny part about this one, though, is the people that were laid off are getting the shaft because apparently, according to their employment contract, they're supposed to get two months worth of severance. But mm-hmm. Elon is only offering a month. So all of the lawsuits that have gone against them at this point so far have now been amended <laughs> to say <laughs> not only did you not hit the federal requirements for the uh, uh, the warning, you know, the warning period that this was coming. Mm-hmm. But you're also trying to shaft us on the backside. So, um, yeah, these lawsuits are just if if the inside leeches aren't going to bleed them dry, the outside pissed off employees are going to bleed them dry. And if not that, the interest on the loans are going to bleed them dry. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, oh, my God. And and yeah, yeah. The fact that he did fire all these people and now they're saying, oh, shit, we didn't mean to fire Joe. Shit, yeah, we need we, Joe. We needed Joe. <laughs> yeah, can we get Joe back? We got a little extra cash because the we got you know thirty six hundred ninety nine other employees that we're not paying. So come on, Joe, you want to come back? And I think Joe think, might have been the guy. Who goes, yeah, I just want to bleed him dry. <laughs> I still think one of the funniest tweets I've seen today was, "Now imagine this on Mars with limited oxygen." You know what's funny? There was another quote that that Elon put out. He's like. Can can we get eighty percent of the pop the planet's population on the platform and make it the global town square? And then I was thinking, I'm like, okay, eighty percent of the the global population that's seven you know seven billion divided by blah 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 blah. Then you have to factor in how many people don't actually even have internet access, let alone running water or electricity. So that takes that number down, <laughs> all this stuff. And then I was thinking, Mars. Elon really fucking wants to go to Mars, right? Yep. I think at this point, every rover, every lander, and every piece of junk we've thrown on Mars has a Twitter account. I literally think that we have 100% Twitter adoption (laughs) on Mars. So that's where he needs to focus his energy. Yeah. So you were uh, speaking just a few seconds ago about uh, lawsuits being amended. Uh, the amount of articles that are being published and then having to be amended is amazing. Uh, oh, just God. because it's funny, first I'll, I'll, I'll read an article from a headline uh, that was published about an hour before the article that I'm actually going to read from because that's an <laughs> amendment to that article. But this article already starts with an update and amendment uh, in and of itself. Twitter starts rolling out its official check marks to celebrities and publishers updated because they had to update the article immediately <laughs> after publishing it because he had changed his mind already the, yeah. <laughs> the good quote from that article is it's the solution to the problem that twitter created uh-huh. <laughs> immediately to be followed up by an article one hour later must killed twitter's official check marks after only a few hours <laughs> oh yeah no. so he rolled out gray check marks that were supposed to be for the real verified verified people not the paid verified people but then he killed the gray check marks immediately after but still there's the blue check marks which is the great leveler whatever the fuck that means uh and yeah i just the the poor twitter vp esther crawford who has been the person that has had to clarify all these statements pulling shit out of her handbag is just it's amazing so she stressed there would be no more sacred cows and that musk was willing to try things that might fail 
He's doing, well, he's doing good a lot at that. of that right now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's knocking that one out of the park. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there was gray check marks and then they were taken away and then the blue check marks. And uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen all the fiascos with the with the oh, people that are buying the accounts. All day long. That, uh, today, day long. Eli Lilly, a fake Eli Lilly account announced mm-hmm. that insulin would be free. And boy, is there going to be lawsuits about that? And oh, all day long. Boy, all yeah. day long. Okay. So. You've got more. Keep See, here's keep the rolling. fun part about this. You know, when Donald Trump became president, we thought, oh, my God, late night comedians are going to have a field day with this. This is going to be great. But everybody was just too sad. Yeah. This, on the other hand, is this something is that the entire planet hilarious. can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Yes, this is hilarious and not life-threatening. It's Twitter. Yeah, because no, I mean, like, there's like seven, seven of us who really enjoy Twitter. So, like, for everybody else, it's just like, yeah, let it die. Fuck those guys. <laughs> yep. <sighs> well, <I've laughs> Elon also has problems with international relations right now. Um, so he's got a problem with Tesla yep. and China because he's real buddy-buddy yep. with China right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got problems with the Saudi Arabia, you know, connection to the Twitter buyout. Mm-hmm. Um Things are going to be very interesting. I mean, he's going to have a lot. I, I think that we're going to be watching his jet fly to Washington, D.C. quite a bit soon. So Honestly, hang on to the, that. The best thing that could really happen for Elon Musk right now is for Twitter to die. That's he would a take big the bath. Write down. He would take a big bath, down. but it would solve a lot of his other problems. <laughs> Well, Tesla is up today because Twitter, yes. or because thanks to Twitter, Elon has sold another three point nine five billion dollars worth of Tesla shares, which he mm-hmm. said that he wasn't going to do, but now he has. So he's he's down to fourteen percent of uh, Tesla that he owns, which is honestly enough. A good thing. <laughs> That's yeah. enough it's, to get him through. Yeah. I think he's going to make rent next month. Yeah. Now, and, and after... Right now, he's a poison pill. Like, the, the less he has in the company, the better it's going to do. He's a poison pill right now, so. Oh, well, I'm glad Tesla went up, because I still have a little bit in my M1 account, so. Yeah, I do, too. But... I still have I still have Tesla stock. I, I do believe in the company. I just wish he would stop running it himself, which I, I mostly he's going to have to now. He's going to be in Washington and bogged down with lawsuits constantly. So appoint a CEO let the company run itself and let me keep all my stock. They do have some other problems, though, because they've recalled over 40,000 cars to address power steering flaw. Uh, these are Model S and Model X vehicles. It's a software defect that can reduce or cut power steering assistance when a car mistakenly treats potholes and other bumps in the road as steering assist torque. How's that self-driving coming along? Yeah. Now, it's unclear. <laughs> they say that it's it's a recall, but really it's just a download of a firmware update, right? Like okay. you can just do that from home. You don't actually have to take your car anywhere. I think. I think based on the old world rules, when there's something wrong with your car, they have to call it a recall just because right. of you know old ass laws and right. you know stupid old white people. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much it. But yeah, if they can fix it over the air, which is different than the Rivian uh, recall. Yeah, which, they had. No, they, they, had they need to come in and tighten a bolt. <laughs> that's yes. it. So I don't Cannot know which I feel bolt better over about. the air. Uh, software patches for my cars or, or just a, an actual physical bolt. By the way, this is the 17th recall Tesla has issued in 2022 alone. It's not as far reaching as the September recall over faulty power window functionality, which affected almost 1.1 million cars 
and the combined uh, combined the glitches have affected about 3.4 million EVs across the company's lineup. So this is all just software fuck ups. Well, I love the power window one because when you when you bring it into the dealer to mm-hmm. to fix that one, they just hand you a brick. <laughs> if it doesn't go down, they, just... they, they give you the gun that he was shot into his a uh, power truck into or the, whatever. Into the cyber truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just give you cyber truck windows. Great. Here you go. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, and I actually, this I, I've been, thanks to boot up, um, I have access to a lot of new news sources that I spent way too much money on. Right. Um, so now I am, I am subscribed to the MIT Technology Review. Which actually is a really good publication, and we we cut a bunch of stories because we couldn't actually get to them for a long time. So mm-hmm. now I have I have that. But I love this headline. Here's how how a Twitter engineer says it will break in the coming weeks. And I read through this, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. That's exactly this is, how this thing's going to fail. It's, it, it it's is, basically it is, small things. Yeah, it, it it's time. what we you know a lot of people that don't work in the industry and you know you and i aren't programmers anymore but we we were long enough that we understood one when you build something it doesn't just run forever no especially something that complex things break constantly you are always fixing things you are always replacing bits of code you are always changing things you are always always constantly fixing these things they don't just run once you're done with them and (laughs) they've gotten rid of so many people like these things are just, and there's also, you're getting rid of people and there's institutional knowledge. I don't care yeah. what company you work for. Nothing is a hundred percent documented. Nothing. No. <laughs> Almost nothing is documented, dude. Nothing. No. Nobody has time to document because remember, we've been pushed into a, a whole situation where we're supposed to move fast and break things. And if we don't, we get fired. You know what takes time? Documentation. You know what's going to well, happen if you take the time to document things? You're going to get fired. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, like, I, from my work at Technorati uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, most of our code comments were jokes. Yeah. It was literally, like, we would make a joke about whatever happened to, you know, somebody's lunch that day or some shit like that. I'm like, oh, shit, Niall Kennedy had another fucking cheese sandwich. Guess he's going to be on Valleywag today. <laughs> you know, shit like that. Right. <laughs> And there was there was almost nothing about how the actual software worked. And we had, you know, probably two million lines of code in that fucking thing. It was yeah. crazy. So No, I mean, I read through this article as well, and this is exactly how I can see. It's just small things are going to start to break left, right, and yep. center. And then it cascades. So then you have cascading and, system failures. Yep. And and here's the thing. Most of those things that are going to break are kludges that the programmers put in to fix a very specific problem that only they knew about at three in the morning after working on it for 14 hours and finally had the aha moment and, mm-hmm. and, and put a Band-Aid on it and then never documented it and never told anybody. Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. going to have to re-engineer all that shit. I'm sorry, but this is how big software works. That's why you and I know that, you know, the world is built on just a fountain of matchsticks. It's just oh, yeah. can blow 100%. down at any second. This, this can all fall apart in any second, any site. You know what they should really do? They should use some the Mastodon code and just rebuild yeah. from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just get the licenses. You know, mm-hmm. Trump learned yeah. that one the hard way. Yep. <laughs> and I love this one. Stephen Fry joins Celebrity Twitter Exodus, says goodbye with Scrabble message. Now, if I had a nickel every time Stephen Fry, Stephen Fry fucking quit Twitter, I could buy one of his books because 
Jesus, this guy quits at the drop of a hat. Come on. He does. He's he's been on and off Twitter quite a bit. I do remember. Yeah, that. he just gets butthurt way too easy. Yeah. Way too easy. All right. Now, we joked about the 3,700 people coming out of Twitter getting fired because of, you know, Elon's just a moron. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg said, hold my beer, motherfucker. <laughs> 11,000 people are getting the axe from Meta. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, probably good. Except yeah, actually, I, I was listening to thing. Scott Galloway, who did have a really good <laughs> breakdown and said, this is actually probably going to cost him more money in the long term, which is funny. Probably, yeah. I, I What they need to do is they need to stop with this metaverse shit. <laughs> well, but, no shit. Really, Brian? You think so? Not, but they're not doing that. The, those aren't the people that are being laid off. The, the leg the leg division is keeping strong, Jason. <laughs> They've they've hired in toes. I, they're not getting rid of those people. I don't understand it, but uh, you know what? I'm not. Fuck whatever. I don't. I just I just don't give a shit anymore. They've ruined their own products. If they, it's just, the psychosis of billionaires. Yeah, that's it all is. this is. It's the psychosis of billionaires. I, you want me to? I can fix Facebook and Instagram right now. All you have to do is reintroduce a timeline mm-hmm. and show our friends updates again you do that we all come back in droves we start using it again it's fixed but yeah. you're not going to do that i don't know why i, I, I don't know I, why either i do everybody I, I know knows why. we all know that this is what will bring us back to these things the reason we're all being driven away is we don't see our friends updates anymore that's why yeah. that's why we're leaving it's so hard I, about that i talked to my 63 year old roommate today and she's just like I don't even go on Facebook anymore because I don't know what I'm seeing because it's all just random stuff. And the only people that are left there are old people. She's 63 and she's saying the people that are on there are old. So I think they have a I think they definitely have a generational problem, which is why I can see he is so focused on trying to do something for the next generation with this stupid headset shit. Brian Blondell, our friend, uh, he actually gave me back my first Oculus headset today. He came by the house and said, here, I ain't going to use this shit. I ain't got time or room for it. Whatever. Here, take it back. Like you cannot (laughs) literally give away an Oculus. You can't. So. I don't know how they think that that's going to be the future of the company, but yep. whatever, yeah, whatever. Well, at least Google's doing some stuff. I'm sorry, Alphabet, Alphabet. Mm-hmm. Uh, their wing drones are now going to be doing DoorDash deliveries in Australia, which you guarantees can get wings from wings. Yeah, that guarantees that it will be delivered completely upside down and cold. Yes, <laughs> I mean, period. Yeah. Good luck with that. This episode is sponsored by Mood. 420 celebrations come in all shapes and sizes, just like the many ways to enjoy your THC. Mood offers just the right buzz with their federally legal flower, gummies, vapes, and more, helping you find the perfect high. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA Flower, is a game-changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. 
What's even better is that all mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. I tried several of their products from the uplifting Energized to the Mellow Chill, and I must say, each provided a unique, enjoyable high. My favorite? Definitely the Creative Strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and got me through my daily projects with ease. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, Mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flour and convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy Mood's offerings. Celebrate 420 exactly how you want to with Mood. Get 20% off your first order plus a free THCA pre-roll at hellomood.com with promo code GOG. That's hellomood.com. Code GOG. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Me scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. 
The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Are you hungry? I am. Which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factors got you covered. And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factors chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need, whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. In Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Media Candy. I have started watching Welcome to Wrexham, which is the a reality that? show about Ryan Reynolds and some dude from some other show that I've never watched. I've never heard of this guy, Rob McElhenney, but obviously he's made enough money because they decided to buy a third level soccer team in England that, uh, well, actually in Wales, technically Wrexham. It's actually cute. It's it's like a real life um, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Except, so Ryan yeah. Reynolds is now trying to take over, steal the thunder from Ted Lasso. Well, luckily, uh, the worst part of the show is the parts that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElmarbotherly are in. Uh, if you actually just watch the bits about the soccer team itself and the players and all that sort of stuff, it's great. I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So, you know, it's, it's a cute show. It, it's filling okay. a Ted Lasso hole in my heart. Okay, uh, I just Star don't Trek. feel like giving Ryan, Ryan Reynolds any of my view time. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. I do. I'm not a fan either. But soccer. Soccer wins for me. Uh, Star Trek Lower Decks finished their season. Um, 
it's hit or miss this season. I, I they're the show is best when they're not trying to do a narrative, and they definitely tried mm. to do more narratives this season, which kind of sucked. Okay, yeah, I got to like episode seven, and then I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to pay for another month of Paramount Plus just for this because yeah, it ain't it ain't that good. So you can catch up on it when you do pay for it when they have better stuff up. Yeah, when Picard or because I'm I'm look I'm gonna have to watch the last season of Picard. That's we just, all have to because it's gonna have, have to. the whole cast back. So exactly, yeah. and it's gonna be yeah. terrible. And yeah, I'm still it's mad bad. about the fucking Will Wheaton drop, but yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? Oh, you're gonna cancel it until something else better comes along. Okay, yeah. Well, strange new worlds, man. Best show that's been out in years. So. Years. Years. Uh, Disney is now matching Netflix subscriber numbers across its combined services, which is, you know, come on, when you throw ESPN in there. <laughs> well, no yeah, shit. I mean, people we, like sports. Who, who didn't know that was coming? <laughs> come on. Yeah. There was no doubt that that was going to happen. I mean, I, I, I guess, I mean, oh, okay, yes, I have a kid. So uh, Disney Plus is going to trump everything else anyways. But uh, has there been that much on Netflix recently? Like, I, I watch never Netflix watch anything. Almost I watch Netflix four times a week at least. We just finished oh. Killer Sally, uh, which was a documentary about some bodybuilder who killed her husband. Uh, and wasn't see, that great? That kind of stuff okay. doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. <laughs> but I, I mean, I mainly watch it for all of the, um, the stand-up comedy. I mean, because they have a new stand-up comedy special every week, which is fantastic. That's true. They do roll those um, out like no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and just just for like tons of stuff, you get you know uh, somebody feed Phil. Like some of the food shows are good. There's there's always something you can always find something on Netflix, and for the price, mm-hmm. it's like it's it's a stupid value. Yeah, so as like, as long as I get to keep sharing my account, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I watch way more on Netflix than I watch on Disney. Granted, I don't have a kid, yeah. and since Andor is as soon as I get home, I'm going to finish watching Andor, and then I'm going to cancel Disney Plus. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that was the last episode. I think there's like two more or something like that. Well, no. Tonight's episode ten, isn't it? Oh, so okay. I guess yeah. that's it. Right. Yeah, I think maybe is because I saw a bunch of stuff on the on the Twitter webs. So, right. okay. I, look, I hope it goes to twelve or fourteen. They could just keep going as far as I'm concerned until we get to Rogue One. Good yeah, for me. I don't care. By me. Yeah, it's pretty. It's <laughs> a, I love. I like Not the show. So. Not surprised by this. It was only a matter of time. It's crazy to think that it's still losing money, but you got to put a lot of money into this to build it. So they expect it might be profitable by next year. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Well, so. now that they got rid of uh, what's her name, uh, Black Widow or whatnot, uh, Scarlett Johansson. So she's not mm-hmm. sucking the sucking the juice <laughs> out of the platform. It should be good. And a hat tip to Barrett for this one. And he says, just imagine the opportunity to sit through yet another boring Zoom meeting, plus pay $10 for popcorn at the same time. No, thank you. Uh, this is another attempt by theaters to pivot a little bit late. AMC Entertainment to open Zoom room auditoriums at theaters in 17 markets. So you can, uh, it's serving businesses with in-person events and meetings. If you need somewhere for everybody to get into, sit and stare at their screens and talk to other people and have some crappy popcorn, you can now rent the theater space to do so. Nobody wants to do a Zoom meeting in pants, much like the metaverse. So why would you go someplace where you have to put on pants and pay and money for You could for be popcorn? at home doing your yep. Zoom meeting instead of going to a theater. Doing it and for paying free. For it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of a stupid move, but there you go. I don't quite get it. It'll probably it'll probably make them a gazillion dollars and we're idiots. I'm sure it won't. But it's the new WeWork, I guess. 
<laughs> Go to AMC. Ups and doodads. So, Brian, I've been on Brave for about a year now. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I got once you turn off all the crypto stuff, it works. It doesn't have those quirks that Vivaldi always had for me with the mm-hmm. you know the location bar crap and the tab stuff. It was always crazy because I didn't know which update was going to break it or not. Much like you and Bluetooth and iOS. Yes. Long, long ago. <laughs> I didn't know which update was going to break Vivaldi. So I stuck with Brave, turned all that stuff off. Now it's, it's gotten even better. Or has it? Uh, they, have a, they have a blog post called Blocking Annoying and Privacy Harming Cookie Content Consent Banners. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you have the latest version of Brave, it will pop up a little thing and say, would you like us to get rid of those? I'm like, okay, well, I've got a plugin to do that, but I'll let you do it naturally and I can get rid of a plugin. So it's a resource, you know, hog. Well. I enabled it. Mm-hmm. Not once has it turned off any fucking cookie banner that I've ever fucking gotten. Okay. Every site that I go to still has a fucking cookie banner. So, Brave, I think you may have been premature with your release, is all I'm saying. That's all. Okay. Uh, Spotify has redesigned their Apple Watch app, so it feels less like an afterthought, they say. Spotify is giving its Apple Watch users some love, adding UI and playback upgrades that more closely align with the familiar experience from larger screens. It's rolling out uh, this week. It's got a beefed up your library view with more in-depth music controls and the ability to download playlists without going back to your iPhone. Now... I never use this on my phone. I have tried removing it from my phone because I actively <laughs> find it annoying that the Spotify, like if I'm playing music on my my Amazon Alexas in the house through Spotify, it will the controls will pop up on my watch. I will not realize that. I will accidentally because I, I wear it. I wear it. Uh, I guess goofy style, where the you know the 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 scroller is in on my wrist as opposed to out. So sometimes wait like wait, wait 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 is it closer to your hand or closer to your elbow? Closer to my elbow. Okay, no, that's proper style. That's not goofy style. That is proper style. Okay, well, that's the way I I'm wear just it. Saying. Sometimes when I bend my wrist back, it moves it and the volume goes up to 7 million without okay. me realizing it. And that's very frustrating. I've repeatedly tried to remove Spotify from my watch and it always comes back. That's what I want from your rollout Spotify. I could care less about more features. Well, that's an Apple problem if you can't get it off your watch because you should be able to go to your watch app on your phone and just remove it. That's what yes, I did. Yes, you should. <laughs> but it does not. It does not. No, it does uh, not. It does not acquiesce <laughs> to your request. It does not. It keeps coming back like a wart. <laughs> oh, great. Great Anyways. Spotify, the STD of our age. Yes. And in, uh, in a news article I should have been reading from the year 2000, Instagram on the web has been redesigned for larger screens. <laughs> Do they have an iPad version yet? Still no. That was my main point here. Earlier Uh, this year, they said that the iPad was not big enough to make a dedicated Instagram app a priority. Fuck you! (laughs) Fuck you in your fucking face! How hard could this be? I don't understand it. Well, because everybody's trying to build the metaverse. That's why. Uh, Oh, well, at least if you look at it on your desktop now, you can see nicer pictures and a different layout yay at the library 
we've been bumping the at the library section for like three weeks now. I actually finished this book over a month ago and we were almost going to bump it again because Jason hasn't finished what he wanted to talk about. But uh, at this point, I should probably just talk about it because I barely remember it anymore. I finished Eyes of the Void, the final architecture book number two by Adrian Tchaikovsky. I had a very similar experience that I had to the first book, which was like they're very long books. It took a really long time for me to get into it. But once I finally did, I really enjoyed the ride. There's a third book. I'm sure the experience will be exactly the same. And it'll take me over a year to fucking read that book, too. I like the series. It's just they're really they're really slow at the start. They're really slow at the start. I don't know why. I just can't get into them. I keep trying. And then finally something clicks and I really enjoy it. So I, I like the series. I really like the world he's built, it's it's great. So I'm looking forward to the third one and being done with it. And I, I really need some quick shitter sci-fi. All right. Well, um, sadly, you don't listen to books because Dennis Taylor of Bobaverse fame has a new uh, Audible original out called Roadkill, mm-hmm. which I just okay. started last night. I got about mm-hmm. uh, like an hour into it and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's That's awesome. Great. So hopefully they'll put that out in, in uh, word form. So you can he does uh, check have it a non Bob Bobiverse book that is available in word form uh, that I don't think I've read. So I might check that out next. Yeah, his his stuff is just so fun. I mean, he's he's, he's definitely he's the Christopher writer. Moore of sci-fi. I think. Yeah, he's fun. Security. Ha! Welcome back to Security Hot with Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. Dave is also the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen. Get Ben Yellen on the horn, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy and the the new-ish control loop, where they discuss ICS and OT. Hello, Dave. Hello. Hi there. So we made it through the election, right? Nothing and nothing happened. I mean, people got elected, but there was no cyber issues with the election. So yay for us. Very good. No cyber issues. And I I think uh, something worthy of note is that uh, the people that lost the elections have gracefully conceded and not said that they've won and kept things going. And I think that is a notable change from the last two elections. So yay. Overall, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. see. I mean, I guess there's one or two that are still out there. And, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, overall, it, it all seems to have gone pretty smoothly. I haven't seen very many uh, conspiracy theories making the round. Of course, who knows? Because I used to rely on Twitter for that information. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. That was right. basically our entire news segment: is uh, how Twitter is turned into a flaming <laughs> ball of fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so funny, too, because yeah. I was listening to uh, Jonathan Haidt on the Pivot podcast this morning, and he, he's basically saying exactly what I was saying at the beginning of the show about how Instagram just made me feel like shit. And he's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, hmm. it does that. <laughs> That's kind of what it's designed to do. And, you know, hmm. drop some facts and things like that. So um, it, it, that, it, that segment on Pivot is well worth the listen, I got to say, because Jonathan Haidt is pretty fucking smart. He is a smart dude. Yeah. I have not listened to that yet. I'm a little behind on my pivot listening, so I will make it a, make a note of that. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I mean that's why I had to get off of Facebook is that I just found it to uh, to be an anxiety engine for me, mm-hmm. and I just especially with COVID and all that, I just didn't need that. Ooh, anxiety engine! I like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I think yeah. all of the socials really are right now. I, I don't find uh I no longer find the joy uh of any of it. And it is just uh it's it's all doom scrolling. It doesn't matter which particular platform it is at the moment anymore. So hmm. I'm making a note of anxiety engine. I, I should have bought the domain already for <laughs> the that new one. Show. <laughs> Yes, anxiety right. engine up. with Dave Coming Bittner. Up next. <laughs> anxiety engine. Yeah. Leaf flowers. Yeah. Chainsaws. <laughs> yeah. uh, so in, in positive, <laughs> not in anxiety-inducing news, uh, I did hear from uh, my old friend in real life and my old Disney local, one of the guys that I used to run around the park with uh, in my early teens and uh, up until college time, Ross, who listens to the show. So thank you so much, Ross. Uh, he got back to me and said, finally wrapped up last week's show. Magic Journeys was the 3D film that preceded Captain EO. Mm. And he provided a link to yes. the full film, which is uh, mm-hmm. has not aged well. I think it's safe to say. <laughs> Does not have I legs. Magic Journeys. <laughs> yeah. Magic Journeys. The other thing I remember about Magic Journeys was when you were waiting to go into the theater which was sponsored by Kodak. And I'm thinking about at Epcot, which is where I saw Magic Journeys. Um, they, there was a film uh, about taking pictures because it was sponsored by Kodak. Uh, and it went, making memories, making memories, taking photos, making memories, capture little pieces of time, making them yours and making them mine. That's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of making memories, Brian was... Kind of making memories, I'm guessing, <laughs> back in the day. Oh, I, God. I had a lot of fun at the park. Yeah, okay. Could have been. <laughs> I know you did. That's all you talk about. It's like banging tourists. was. Your enti- That's why Disney was the happiest place on earth for you. I get it. Now, now. So. It, it, it never, so never got Brian, past what is, second base. What is the number one? What is, what is the number? Yeah, what is the number one make out spot at Disneyland? In your estimation, uh, there were two very popular destinations. Uh, the Haunted Mansion ride was excellent, and then the People Mover, which was a very slow carriage that went through and around the park, and you were above everybody and nobody could see anything. Oh, yes, the Wedway People Mover, as as, as uh, you like we to called call it, the, the People Wedway Maker. People Maker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. I mean, Haunted Mansion. I get. I would. I would. Don't think I would have thought of the People Mover. I guess at night is a, when you want to ride on that. Well, that the, during the day it was fine. You were up above everybody, and then it went through the dark Tron tunnel. That was that was the prime uh, making yeah. move spot. Oh, yeah. I see. Because there is a spot. I I um I will say that I did I did have a little fun on the uh, the haunted mansion tour one time, and uh, there was a a very. Um, quick pulling up of the pants when we got to the part with the mirror and the ghosts in, and you could see the other people's carts. Yes. So yes. There was a, Not only will that a, ghost follow you home, Jason, uh, uh, they will all see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. yes. The yes. ghost will no, follow you a... home and so will chlamydia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say the wind was a blowing, if you know right. what I'm saying. <laughs> that was going uh, let's, uh, you know, let's just say we, we learned those rides yeah. and all the beats that was a good very day. quickly. Yes. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. Yes, I was just an amateur. <laughs> so based on our conversation last week, I went down a little bit of a Captain EO uh, rabbit hole. 
uh, as I do. Yes. <laughs> so I have a few bits of, of, to share. Uh, remember I said that it looked like some of the costumes were right out of Starlight Express? Yes. Yes. Turns out, same costume designer. Okay. So the costumes were <laughs> right out of Starlight Express. He probably Nailed took them it. off. The, yeah, he probably took them <laughs> off the shelf. Um, so I, the other thing I did was I, I there was a, it's a fascinating uh, window into how Disney used to promote things because I'm guessing this is all back when they had the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights. There are two TV shows, two hour-long TV shows promoting this 17-minute-long movie. Mm-hmm. One of them was The mm-hmm. Making of Captain EO, um, hosted by Whoopi Goldberg. Right. And which was fun to watch, uh, but it also was a reminder that – because you think about Whoopi Goldberg today on The View – and she's kind of a, a elder states person, a, a bit of a you know matronly presence. But there was a Curmudgeon. time when, well, yeah, but but she was very cool, and and that's what we're seeing in this making of thing. We're seeing the cool version of Whoopi Goldberg, which is a fun reminder that that was a big part of her persona back in the day. Right. Um, and then the other show is. Um, they did an hour-long special on the opening day of, of Captain EO where they had parades. They had all kinds of musical groups like Robert Palmer was playing there and uh, Jefferson Starship. Uh, of course, who was not there? Who did not show up for either of these? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> right, yeah. <yes>. Right. <laughs> so George Lucas is there. Angelica Houston is there. Francis Coppola is there. Michael Jackson is not there. And they said a few times throughout that uh, Michael Jackson couldn't be here because he's busy making his album bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael just didn't want to be seen in public. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like they didn't pay. Yeah. The check didn't clear. Let's just – yeah. Call it what it is. Another interesting tidbit I picked up when I was watching this making of thing is that there is actually a deleted scene in Captain EO. In the making of, there's a scene where Angelica Houston, when she becomes the beautiful queen, she actually knights him. She has like a crystal sword Mm -hmm. and he kneels down and she does the shoulder shoulder thing with the, the sword. And that's not in the final movie. He kneels down, but then... They cut that out and he's just walking away and singing and all that kind of stuff. So Hmm. interesting to see a little thing that ended up on the cutting room floor that's still in the the making up video. Yeah, well, that's that is pretty interesting. I I probably saw these back in the mists of time. I I don't really recall either of them. It's interesting that Whoopi Goldberg was hosting stuff for Disney even back then. I don't know if you've watched uh, as I have basically every single thing on Disney Plus that's uh, behind the scenes for Disney stuff. She's still hosting things. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does the. <laughs> she did a whole like uh, you know Disneyland and Disney World at Christmas thing where she hosts and goes through and shows all the amazing Christmas decorations and foods that they do and all that sort of stuff. So she is a long time tight with Disney type person. So yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a really good gig. I'm sure you know, it is. You go probably go. <laughs> it's spend Disney, the... of course. It's a great well, gig, right? But I'm, I'm sa- sure. yes, exactly. I mean, you get to stay at the Grand Floridian. You get the the <laughs> premium suite. They treat you very oh, well. Oh, the Grand Floridian! I stayed there when I was a kid. <laughs> is that right? Yes, I stayed at the Grand Floridian for sure. I've got pictures of it. It was awesome. We did the uh, we did the camping one with uh, with Chip and Dale. <laughs> At the other end of yeah, the spectrum. Yes, at the other end of the spectrum. I, you were, yeah. you were fancy pants back then. We were like we were we were in glorified RVs, but at least Chip and Dale came around to do s'mores, s'mores every night. So you know, 
<laughs> yeah. Did you guys ever do the the speedboats? Because at the Grand no. Floridian behind it, there was a lake and you could do the speedboats. No, boats. that was too rich for yeah. our And blood. I kept getting di- – yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kept getting yelled at by the 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 lifeguard, the boat guy saying, "You're getting too close. You got to stay 100 feet away." And I'm like, "I'm 11. I don't know what 100 feet is." <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those little speedboats and he's just like, "Just make sure you don't flip it because there's gators in here." <laughs> he pointed right. at one. He's and like, I think that's why there's, there's no more there. speedboats. Probably. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Like, no, you, you certainly can't go swimming in that in that uh, lagoon anymore. I think when the park <laughs> no. originally opened, you could. <laughs> but uh, too many gators. Um, I remember from our very first family trip to Disney World when I was uh, – I, be- think, I, I think I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. And – no, it might have been before that. Anyway, it was it was the year – uh, for, it was within the first year of Epcot opening. Right. And uh, we were staying at what was then called the Hotel Royal Vista. But what I remember about it was they had a Michael Jackson suite. Oh, no way. <laughs> the jokes write themselves. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> and evidently, this is where Michael stayed when he was down there visiting the parks. Mm-hmm. And it was a big palatial suite. I didn't get to see it. But the hotel made great mention of it that, you know, congratulations on your choice of this great hotel, which is the place where Michael Jackson stays when he's here in Florida. <laughs> so I just have that recollection. Your room is nothing like his. <laughs> no, not even <laughs> close. Uh, speaking of Michael Jackson, as I was going down this Captain EO thing, one of the things I did was I was listening to uh, the album Bad mm-hmm. um, because um, another part of me, which is in Captain EO, is also on the Bad album. And the week before that, I'd been listening to Thriller. And I was thinking about those two albums. I wanted to run it by you guys. When you think about Bad versus Thriller, which do you think is the better album? Uh, for me, which one had Billie Jean? Thriller. That's Thriller. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Thriller. Okay. I'm just trying to play some. Uh, Go for ahead, me, it's, it's Thriller hands down because by the time Bad had come out, I had discovered um, Heavy Metal and was no longer into oh. Michael Jackson. Mm. Heavy Metal was quickly supplanted by Alternative Rock, but it was a very brief period. But I went to uh, – that marked my transition from I really like Michael Jackson and pop music is great and I listen to the radio and whatever's on Top 40 to ooh, Iron Maiden, Def Leppard. <laughs> and uh, Michael Jackson right. was no longer no longer cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I get that. What about you, Jason? I don't know. Um, I Michael Jackson really kind of. I guess. I mean, I was a big fan of Thriller. Yeah. Learned to dance. Wore parachute pants. Yeah. But at the same time. I was wearing parachute pants and watching Michael Jackson at night, but my shirts and my hats were Aussie. Mm. So it was, I was in the transition period because I'm, I'm a little older than Brian like by a couple of years, mm-hmm. but I was, I was definitely moving into Ozzy Osbourne after Michael Jackson at that point. Yeah. Okay. That was all about, you know, bark at the moon and crazy train <laughs> and all that stuff. There's a great picture of me wearing parachute pants with an Aussie hat. And I think an Aussie sweatshirt that I'll dig up for the show. Now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, I, nice. I I also still have the picture. I have the picture of me and my parents the first time I went to Disney when I was like five. Right. That's cool. Oh, wow. So I'll dig yeah. that one up too. So yeah, I definitely yeah. think. I mean, I remember Thriller very fondly, but by the time that Bad had come out, I think I was more into the Weird Al parodies of Michael Jackson than actually Michael Jackson right. yes. himself. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, as I was listening to both of them now with the, you know, the whatever sensibilities I have these days, um, it struck me that I think Bad is probably objectively a better album in terms of just being more musically interesting. You can tell that Michael Jackson is farther along on his own journey. I think it's a bolder album. Right. Um, it's it's epic. It's it's practically cinematic. And you look at the music videos he made. You know stuff like Smooth Criminal and, um, but I think it's similar to how I feel about Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, which is that Star Wars is my favorite movie. I think Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. Right. And I'm okay having those two be different things. And I think it's the same way for me with Bad and Thriller, where Thriller is my favorite. Michael Jackson album, but I think Bad is actually the better album, the much more interesting album musically. Again, I will posit again mm. my theory about all these sorts of things, and I've heard this theory espoused by many people. You have to be of a certain age to think that Goonies is a great movie. If you're not in that particular age range, Goonies is a flaming pile of shit. Um, I think it all comes down to <laughs> right. exactly how old you were and what point you were at in your life when these things come out. And like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a bit True. younger. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I did not see star Wars in a theater, um, ever. Mm. The first movie I saw wow. in a theater, I, I remember seeing star Wars somehow before empire strikes back came out, but empire was the first star Wars film I saw in a theater. So for me, I, I, I watched star Wars. I understand it's part of the trilogy. Um, empire was the first I ever saw and Return of the Jedi was like perfectly timed. I, I think I was like 14, maybe about to turn 15. Right. It came out near my birthday. My mom took me and like three of my friends out of school to go see it opening day at like the noon showing. And for me, like yeah. I will always go Return of the Jedi, I, I, knowing all of its faults. And there are many in Return of the Jedi. It's that movie yeah. for me, right? So I think it, it sure. really is the timing and the experience that you had that that makes that difference between being able to go – this is my favorite. I understand this is objectively better, but this is the one, right? Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, your timing's off there because Return of the Jedi came out in 1983, so I was 12, which means you were... Oh, I was only 10. Okay. Nine? 10, yeah, nine or 10. Nine or 10, so, okay. I, see, I remember myself being a little bit older, which okay. is weird, right? So. <laughs> yeah, I was 13. Mm -hmm. Okay, when so Jedi yeah, I was 10, so yep. I was taken out of school as a 10-year-old with a couple friends to go see the movie. How cool is that, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the I best. was too. Yeah, I, I was totally. <laughs> we, we shut everything down for return. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I saw I saw Star Wars in the back of my dad's 1971 Cadillac Eldorado, white Eldorado with red leather interior with the top down <laughs> at a drive in in Des Plaines, Illinois, with my stepsister and oh, wow. his wife at the time, Rhonda. I remember it like it was yesterday. Because uh -huh. I'm like, what are we doing out here? It's cold. Because the, the first movie came on and we were so bored. I don't even remember what the first movie was. But then Star Wars came on and it was just like, oh, yeah. I have, I have a, <laughs> you know? I mean, obviously security is out the window. So I have a very similar story to that. It, it wasn't quite as cold because I was, I grew up in Southern California. But I remember my, my parents had a van and we'd gone to a drive through and you opened up the back of the van and there was like shag carpeting that we laid on in the back of the van on this pedestal that, you know, you, you, wouldn't, wow, wow, you would never wow. be able to get away with any of that. There was no seatbelts. There was no nothing. Different time. And I remember laying there and we were, we were there to see uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I was young. I was very young. Mm. And the movie before that was Time Bandits, and, which I now objectively realize you know, my Monty Python connection, all that sort of stuff. Very cool. Time Bandits. 
hated that because I was too young, didn't care, and like just had to sit through it and like, when is Raiders of the Lost Ark coming? And then, whoa, got to see that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I'm 50 years old, and I still think everybody tells me that Time Bandits is a great movie, and I still fucking hate it. <laughs> I do not like Time Bandits. I'm sorry. Yeah. My Star Wars story was uh, I was over at my friend Jason Mitchell's house who lived up the street from me, and he was a regular, you know, just buddies we'd get together and, you know, go play at each other's houses. So I was seven at the time, I believe, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And... um his mom said, oh, we're going to see this movie Star Wars today. Would you like to come with us? And I was like, eh, because uh, I did not like Star Trek. So, <laughs> you know, Star Trek was on TV at the time and I was too young to really appreciate. I think for a seven-year-old, Star Trek was a little chatty. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I did not appreciate it. So not I was like, pew, pew. Eh, okay. Oh, my. <laughs> Yeah, all right, I'll go see Star Wars. And the thing I remember is Jason's mom had to call my mom on the phone and make sure it was okay because it was my first PG-rated movie. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, and we went to see it at Westview Cinemas, which if you see the movie Tin Men, Westview Cinemas is in that movie. (laughs) And uh, That was a great movie, Tin Men. It was a fantastic movie. Yeah, so we saw it uh, at Westview Cinemas in 70-millimeter and it just well here I am today. <laughs> Obviously, it had an impact. Yeah, you think we we don't even talk about security yeah, just anymore a little when bit. this stuff is around. Yeah, just yeah, just a little bit. No, that's yeah, it. Just a little bit. Yeah, this this literally is shooting the shit with yeah. Dave. That we're mm-hmm. just going to change the name of the segment. Forget <laughs> it. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm all right. I think we all are. There's enough bad news. We don't need yeah. to do security. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Go. No. Too all funny. right. Well, thanks for all these Captain EO links. I'm gonna. I, I I looked at some of the dance rehearsals and they were very fun. So they I'm are check fun. Out the yeah, rest of them for sure. It is. It's very interesting to watch, and there are, there are things where you can see kind of what a weirdo Michael Jackson was. Um, the audition process they went through was odd, and they probably couldn't do today. But I don't know. Who knows? But. You know, it's it's a strange thing, and I'll just mention this uh, because uh, they really have gone out of their way to trawl the archives and put just about everything that's ever been made up on Disney Plus. But this stuff not up there. And I, is it because of mm-hmm. the weirdness Michael Jackson uh, aspect? Not just you know, obviously the allegations that came later, but just that even he was very strange at the time. Do they are they trying to? I hate to use this phrase, whitewash that out of their history, because this is these of all the things like this stuff you'd think would be up there, too. But it's not. Yeah, that's interesting. Are they I I wonder, are they saving Captain EO to just to bring it back every now and then because of how much people love it? Reboot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It is of its time. Uh, You know, it is of its time. Yeah. It's a nice little time capsule. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I mean, look, I don't have the hatred for MJ that a lot of people do Mm -hmm. because I still blame the parents. (laughs) But and Mm. I mean, Michael's parents and the kids parents go watch those. Look at it through the lens of, oh, the parents were to blame and you might have come out with a different uh, different reality. (laughs) But um, I think he was still talented, so I can still watch him and still separate the artist from the man. Yeah. And uh, I, I still enjoy Michael Jackson's music. I still enjoy the performances that he made. Yeah. The other stuff, <laughs> he's dead. He can't defend himself. So I'm not not even going to go down that road. Right. But Fair yeah. enough. 
Um, but no, this is, this stuff is just fun to to get caught up on for sure. Yeah. Um, I do have one bit of security thing that I wanted to just run past you guys. Okay. They're firing everybody at Twitter. All the security people are leaving, all of this other stuff. And everybody's like, oh, delete your tweets, cancel your account, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Tweet delete is great. We use it all the time. I use it all the time. Gets rid of the cruft, you know, your back tweets. It does not delete your DMs. Hmm. So if there (laughs) is a security breach and people's DMs are exposed, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. be prepared for that. And maybe go back through and prune manually some of your DMs that might be problematic in the future is all I'm saying. Because this entire site might be asked to the wind for hackers any second. Well, look. Because there's nobody home. I, 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 Nobody's driving the ship anymore. I think that's a, that's, that's a good idea across all social media. I, I actually um, – I use Tweet Delete as well. I think it just keeps the 100 latest tweets I've ever done and everything else has been nuked. Uh, I've never really done much discussion. Like I, I don't do a lot of DMing on any platform, uh, but there has been some, and there's no point in it being there. there uh, there's nothing I was worried about if it went out to the wind, but I went in and cleaned it all out anyways. Um, I, I did that uh, with Facebook Messenger. I did that with Twitter DMs. I did that with uh, Instagram DMs. I, I didn't have a ton, so it was really easy for me, but there was nothing like worth keeping there anyways. So, and I was like, well, I don't trust any of these companies. So I just went through and, and nuked mm-hmm. them all. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. I mean, look, it makes John McAfee would still be alive if he didn't, if he cleaned his DMs. Hmm. Do you think it makes a difference? In other words, deleting your DMs, are they really gone? Probably not. But, but I think it's, it's out. Like, if Mark Zuckerberg wanted to target me personally, I'm sure he could get to all my deleted messages that I've deleted. But in terms of like somebody just getting in on, on a hack based level, I think they would see the visibility yeah. set yeah. zero as well. Right. 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 Because they're coming in from the street. You know, if, if you're coming in from the back end, that shit's still going to be there forever. So. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't engineer around that. I'm just talking about people that are able to either social engineer or just password guess or whatever to get into your account. You know, Mm -hmm. just just standard regular hackers. But also on the back end, you never know. But you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing nefarious shit on DMs anyway. (laughs) You you didn't even need to add on DMs. You could have just said you shouldn't be doing nefarious shit. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Well, what the fucking fun is that? <laughs> it's the old thing. Don't put anything in an email that you wouldn't put on a postcard. And yep. the same thing goes for DMs. Yeah. It's the world we live in now. Well, on that bombshell, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to moonwalk my way out of here. There you go. Absolutely. All right, guys. Good catching up. I'll talk to you next time. Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon, we've got Eric with a K. Nice to meet you, Eric. Thanks for joining up. Yes, thank you. And over at PayPal, we've got David, Benjamin, Ralph, Mark, and Jason, who sent us 300 bucks. What? Yep. And a little note that came with that. My people, I'm old, grumpy, and a geek, too, hoping this keeps the lights on for a while longer. To Brian, every time you pronounce Osaka, you say it like the Japanese city Osaka. It should be Asuka, but I still love the show. All right. Well, you know, I've only really read it, except for the brief Rosanna rosario dawson character so. mm. i tried I to know. i started to watch i started to watch that series on disney plus since i'm a mm-hmm. subscriber um right. i got about six minutes in and i'm just like eh, no <laughs> i couldn't do it it's too too no no the animated stuff yeah the yeah. new one the tales of the bad. jedi 
I liked it. It was fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he said, let's see. Where was I? Okay. Any, Any chance, chance you can tell? Yeah. How <laughs> you guys hooked up with Dave or why Jason left the Jordan Harbinger show after helping build the show up? Either way, I'm enjoying the show and bought my Facebook stock on this downslide. Morals be damned. You guys rock. Jason. Well, thank you for uh, the $300, Jason. <laughs> uh, we, we got hooked up with Dave because he wrote us and said, hey, do you guys want to do a co-promotion? That oh, was right. it. That's right. Yeah. That and was from the stuck, old days when they with just... Us ever far- since. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. He's, he's, he's stuck with us. Yeah, they, start, they just started the CyberWire, and we liked what they were doing, and Dave is just a cool guy. He loves musical theater, as we know. So mm-hmm. um, this is before he became a furry. That was that was partially our fault. Uh, Definitely, it, it might have been one hundred percent our fault. <laughs> um, uh, I left the Jordan Harbinger show because I got fired, so that that'll clear that up. Yep. Next that up, does solve it. Yep. Over at Stripe, we've got Anne, Ashley, Linda, Jeff, and Andrew. Oh, thank you all so much. Yes, thank everybody for giving us money because we need it. Um, and I would like to give a huge. Shout out to our our clan over at Clash Royale, because this morning I got up, of course, went to the shitter, which one does, and uh, popped open the app so I could get my matches in for the day. And I got the six years on Clash badge. And then um, I think Slander from the the uh, the clan was just like, what, how long have you been playing? I don't I, I, I came in late. And I'm like. The clan was started the day that I joined Clash Royale. So today is the six-year anniversary anniversary of GOG.show clan on Clash Royale. And we just kicked Trump's ass last week. So, fuck yeah. It's fun. Congratulations. I was happy to be a part of it for a week. <laughs> yeah, I would also like to point out that the reason I started this was because Max Temkin from... Uh, Cards Against Humanity was playing Clash Royale, and I heard him on uh, that uh, podcast he was doing with Merlin Mann. About, I don't know, it might have been six to eight months later, he got canceled for being very rapey. So, and nobody's seen him since. So, <laughs> who knows whatever happened to Max, but uh, our, we still live on on Clash Royale without rape. It's great. Yeah. It so is that's a great. good way to go. Good way to live. I agree. Yep. And uh, just anybody who's been following me on socials, uh, my podcast with Deshaun Wesley from the hit show Legendary on HBO Max, has we just put out the first episode yesterday. So uh, you can go to Deshaun.show, that's D-A-S-H-A-U-N.show, check out the first episode, subscribe, like, all that stuff. And if anybody ever gives me any fucking shit about pronouns or trans rights or homosexual rights or any of that shit ever again... Go fuck yourself, because these are some of my best friends. So kiss my ass. That's all I got to say. Sold in typical Jason style. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Do you know how much <laughs> shit I took at the beginning of this show for that shit? Now I'm hanging well, out with these people. They're some of my best friends. So fuck off. That just shows that you can le- learn and grow, Jason. You I'm can. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I, I didn't understand pronouns until I had to actually be around people that needed me to respect their pronouns and now i do i well, you learn you by experience that's yes. right you shouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily tell people to go fuck themselves when you were wrong but that's okay until next time well, i'm brian schulmeister well no fuck him anyway <laughs> i don't care i'm jason defilippo thanks you. for listening to grumpy old geeks if you enjoyed the show visit gog.show slash donate to help keep, keep the lights on <laughs> jason DeFilippo and fuck you <laughs> Well, I do have fucko.com still, so I can do that. Um, <laughs> you 
can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. More enemies for me probably than you. But show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 578. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.